Welcome to the Holistic Health Bites podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Nicholson, crime scene investigator turned functional health investigator. This podcast is here to share bite-sized episodes and unique interviews on a wide variety of health topics to empower, enlighten, and educate you to live your best, most vibrant life. Disclaimer, all information you hear on this podcast is for information only and constitutes individual opinions of the person speaking. This should not be taken as medical advice. Being a listener of this show does not initiate a practitioner-client relationship between you and the hosts or panelists on this show. Please discuss these topics with your medical professionals before making any changes to your health. Okay, let's dive in. Welcome back to the Holistic Health Bites podcast. Today, we are talking about why managing blood sugars and insulin levels matter even if you don't have diabetes. Most of us have heard of blood sugar, and likely because you know someone who has type 2 diabetes, type 1 diabetes, or maybe even struggles with hypoglycemia, or low blood sugar episodes. We all have sugar in our blood to varying levels based on what we've just eaten, how active we are, what type of activity we're undergoing, and what else is happening inside our bodies, like fighting infections or dealing with stress. When your blood sugar is not controlled, it can be too high or too low, both of which are unhealthy, causing damage and potentially can be life-threatening. Blood sugar imbalances come in the form of high levels far too often, low levels too often, or swinging wildly from high to low throughout the day. If you have uncontrolled blood sugars, you may experience low energy, inability to focus or recall information, you may be sleepy before or after eating. You may struggle to lose weight or gain it easily. You may have hypertension or have elevated cholesterol or triglycerides. You may also have digestive issues like leaky gut, diarrhea, constipation, bloating, heartburn, or you may have other imbalances like hypothyroid, PCOS, erectile dysfunction, or even Alzheimer's. So let's talk a little bit more about insulin and insulin resistance. Insulin is a hormone produced by the pancreas that plays hundreds of roles in the body. The most well-known is to manage blood sugars. In this role, insulin is the key that unlocks the door to the cell for glucose to get in where it can be converted into usable energy in the body. Problems arise when blood sugars are very elevated or are frequently elevated. Cells have a limited capacity to use glucose at any given time based on activity levels, cellular health, the number of mitochondria within your cells, the health of your mitochondria, and so many other factors. If your blood sugar concentration exceeds what the cell can use, then it has to be stored. This storage happens in two ways, glycogen and fat. Glycogen is a complex of glucose molecules all connected to each other that gets stored primarily in the liver and muscles. The body, again, can only store this type of sugar in small amounts, so any excess gets converted to fat, specifically triglycerides. Insulin resistance contains two factors. One is that the body has become less sensitive or doesn't react as well to the presence of insulin. This means the body starts producing more and more insulin 
to allow that glucose out of the blood and into the cell where it can be used. So this comes with the two features. One, that the body is now resistant to the presence of the hormone, and two, that you have elevated levels of insulin. The fact is that more than one third of adults in the US have pre-diabetes, and 80% of that population have no idea they have not been diagnosed. And millions more have insulin resistance and don't have a clue. They don't know in part because most of the doctors aren't running appropriate testing to catch insulin resistance early before it becomes prediabetes or diabetes. Eight of the top 10 causes of death are directly linked to insulin resistance and blood sugar imbalances. Cardiovascular disease, cancer, stroke, COPD and respiratory diseases, Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, influenza and pneumonia, and kidney disease. How does blood sugar relate to any of these? Let's break them down. Cardiovascular disease. Blood sugar increases oxidative damage. Think rust in pipes. This contributes to blood vessel damage and atherosclerosis to develop. Cancer. Tumors and cancer cells love glucose, and they readily consume large amounts. And elevated blood sugar is also inflammatory to the body, which can accelerate metastasis. Insulin is also a growth factor, which is contributing to tumors growing faster as well. Stroke. People with type 2 diabetes have twice the risk of stroke, and those with prediabetes have a 60% greater risk than those with ideal blood sugars. Elevated blood sugars cause weak blood vessels that can more easily clot or rupture. If this happens in the brain, you have a stroke. Elevated blood sugars also increase permeability of the blood-brain barrier, allowing all kinds of toxins, microbes, and other inflammatory products into the brain, increasing inflammation. COPD and respiratory diseases. COPD patients have significantly higher blood sugar levels, contributing to inflammation. The medications used to treat COPD also cause increases in blood sugar. Research shows that patients with COPD who improve blood sugar levels have better outcomes and reduced risk of dying from respiratory diseases. Alzheimer's? The brain is an energy hog and it uses more glucose than any other organ. When blood sugars are elevated, the risk for dementia and Alzheimer's increases, even without diabetes. Elevated blood sugars contribute to insulin resistance, which affects how well the brain can utilize glucose for energy. If the brain is ineffective at glucose metabolism, your cognitive abilities will suffer. This ultimately leads to the brain's mitochondria starving and underperforming. Diabetes. This disease comes in two primary forms. One of too little insulin production, or type 1 diabetes, or with insulin resistance due to very high levels of blood sugar and insulin production, or type 2. About 5 to 10% of diabetes cases are type 1, which is autoimmune in nature and therefore not likely preventable. The other 90 to 95% are type 2, which is largely preventable and reversible. 
Influenza and pneumonia. High glucose levels interfere with the body's normal immune function, preventing ideal response to infections. And we've already discussed the inflammatory nature of high glucose levels. This inflammation can be overwhelming to the body when an infection is added to an already inflamed body. Your immune cells also need to be able to effectively use glucose for energy. When you have insulin resistance, your immune cells can't use glucose as readily. This slows the healing of wounds and infections and increases the likelihood of recurring infections. Kidney disease. The kidneys are responsible for filtering the blood for nutrients and wastes. This keeps the body in balance. Elevated blood sugars cause the kidneys to become overworked and also cause damage to the blood vessels and nerves that feed into each kidney. This can lead to a lot of different issues, such as the inability for your brain to properly receive signals that your bladder is full, which can cause further damage to the kidneys. Also, having all the excess sugar spilling into your urine also increases the likelihood of urinary tract infections as well. So now you can see why blood sugar really is something everyone should be aware of and strive to manage appropriately. So let's talk a little bit about what drives high blood sugars and insulin levels and how do you assess where you're at? Blood sugar is largely driven by carbohydrate intake. Of course, this is a wide topic and there's a wide variety of carbs from simple sugars like candy and soda to more complex carbs like non-starchy vegetables and to very complex carbs like starchy vegetables. All will have an impact on blood sugar levels, but what changes is how quickly that happens and how long it lasts. Simple sugars digest very quickly and cause a very sharp rise in blood sugar, especially when they're eaten alone. More complex carbs will digest slower because they have more fiber with them. Also, this is affected by the other foods that you consume with the carbohydrates. Protein, fat, and other fibers can slow down digestion, mitigating or delaying some of the spike. Our U.S. culture is very carb-focused, with bread, pasta, bagels, cereal, fruit, potatoes, rice, juice, smoothies, and chips being a significant staple in most meals. These are driving the tremendous increases in insulin resistance and related conditions. So does that mean we should completely avoid all carbs? Not necessarily. Some people may benefit from big reductions. Others may benefit from changing the types of carbs. And some with serious insulin resistance and glucose intolerance may benefit from going very low or no carb. This may or may not need to be long-term. I do think we all need to be mindful of carbs in the type, quantity, how often we consume them, when throughout the day we consume them, how we combine them with other foods. All of these factors contribute to whether or not they're helping you or harming you. I'm a big fan of prioritizing protein and getting healthy fats, as these are what's giving us satiety and all of the building blocks that you need to make hormones, tissues, cells, enzymes, and all of the other necessary nutrients. It may sound strange, 
even though every cell in the body can use glucose, we actually don't need to consume any. We can make glucose from components of proteins and fats. This is why someone who is on a zero-carb diet, like carnivore, can function optimally, despite not eating any glucose at all. It is very important to consume the best quality food possible as well. Artificial ingredients and industrial oils contribute to cellular damage and insulin resistance as well. So avoid vegetable oils like canola, corn, cottonseed, sunflower, safflower, soybean, rice bran, and grapeseed. These interfere with cell nutrient uptake and they take years to clear out of your body. So how do you know if you have imbalances? Testing is the best way to know. This could be blood work, like your doctor runs, testing with a glucometer, or even a continuous glucose monitor. These are easy ways to assess your blood sugars. Insulin must be tested on blood work. There is no at-home test for insulin at this point. The markers I like to see on blood testing to determine blood sugar handling are fasting glucose, hemoglobin A1c, fasting insulin, LDH, and a full cholesterol panel. Unfortunately, most doctors are only running a fasting glucose and maybe a cholesterol panel. And these aren't even always run in a fasted state, which makes them far less useful. One of my absolute favorite tools to assess overall blood sugar handling is a continuous glucose monitor. This is a small device worn on the upper arm that measures glucose levels 24 hours a day for about two weeks. This gives real-time feedback on how different foods, activities, and even stress levels are impacting your blood sugars. This gives you incredible insights into the foods that do and do not work very well for you. Outside of testing, here are a few other signs that you can be on the lookout for that could indicate blood sugar or insulin imbalances. Do you have sugar or carb cravings? Do you get hangry or irritable if you don't get to eat frequently? Do you get shaky, weak, tired, or lose focus if you don't eat frequently? Are you tired after eating? Are you tired before eating and you wake up after eating? Do you gain weight easily, especially around the middle, or do you regain really easily after losing weight? Is it difficult to lose weight despite eating healthy and exercising? Do you have sleep disturbances, inability to fall asleep or stay asleep? Do you have an elevated resting pulse? Do you have elevated blood pressure? Do you have burning or uncomfortable sensations in your hands or feet, carpal tunnel, or restless leg syndrome? Do you have frequent headaches twice a month or more? Do you experience low energy in the afternoons? Do your feet and ankles swell after you've been sitting for a while? Do you have triglyceride levels above 100 milligrams per deciliter or a triglyceride to HDL ratio of 1.5 or more? And do you feel better when you eat more carbs? If any of this list apply to you, it's worth doing more testing to find out more for sure. These conditions are far easier to reverse the earlier you catch them. 
I'd be happy to run these simple tests for you and help you craft a plan of action based on your results. Schedule a free consultation to get started. I'll leave a link in the description. Until the next, be well and vibrant. Thanks for being a faithful listener to the podcast. I'd love it if you left me a five-star review on this podcast so that others can more easily find this valuable information. Did you know I also work one-on-one with clients? I approach solving health challenges like I approached solving crimes by conducting a thorough investigation into your case. Sadly, hundreds of millions of people in the U.S. have insulin resistance, pre-diabetes, and diabetes, and the vast majority have no idea. I'm here to fix that. If you struggle with low energy, stubborn weight, hypertension, sleep disturbances, or any other undesired symptoms, let's talk. All you have to do is schedule a free call. The link will be in the show notes. And no, you do not need to live near me.